lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. To Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. Yahweh. 
many times I thought, oh, they, they turned on God, they're choosing another God. No, they, they just simply changed God's opinion to something they liked, something they were comfortable with. And I feel like in America today, in our churches, we've done the same thing to God. We have taken, we have walked away from the God of the Bible because things make us uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable with a God that still gets angry. We're uncomfortable with a God that still talks about the death that we're going to have to face him on judgment day someday. That's a believer's judgment. We don't hear about that much because we just want to hear about the nice Jesus that is gives us grace. And he forgives that. But there's also a Jesus that will stand before him. And, and, and he'll say, you know, depart from me, I never knew you. And we'll say, oh, but I went to elevate my church. I went to a mission trip. I served at the outreach. And with tears in his eyes, we'll have to say, I never knew you. Why? Because we never became one with his word. Jesus put it like this, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so what we find in a lot of churches is we've made God in our image. Well, this is what we like. We like God to be like this. We like Him to be nice. We like God to love me no matter what. We like that part. But we don't like this other part where He says, take up your cross and follow me. That, that's occupation. Wait a minute. No, I'm not comfortable with that. And so in a lot of places, you won't find those texts talked about or, or things like that. Uh, we want Christianity with no cross. We want Christianity with the Lord is no sacrifice. You see, folks, what we've done, we've done exactly what the Israelites did. We've now moved from the God of the Bible and we've made God up. That's something that is palatable to us. And we talked about that last week. And one of the things that we've done to make God more palatable to us is we've moved God away from the supernatural. And God cannot be disconnected from the supernatural. He is a supernatural God. Remember, he, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Lord. Christian is Scripture. He does not change. And the Bible is full of example after example after example of how He created the universe. He spoke it into existence. That sounds supernatural to me. When it was time for Him to set covenant with men, who does He choose? He chooses Abram, who's 90 years old. And his wife, Sarah, who's up there with him, and he comes to them and he says, I'm going to set covenant with you, and I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Abram says, that's great, but I've got no kids. And as you can see, I'm 90 years old. God said, I don't care. I'm a supernatural God. If I want to give you a baby, I'll give you a baby. And I'll give it to you through Sarah. And Abram laughed. Have you seen Sarah? This Sarah right here. This dried up woman right here. What do we know? God does it. Did you know God could have showed up to a 20-year-old? God could have came to a young couple and set covenant with them. But you know what he was trying to show us? That he's a supernatural God. So he shows up to the most unlikely people throughout throughout the Bible. Who else does he go to? He shows up to three Samson. Now, I know we saw in the clip there, that always shows Samson as his big butt guy. Right? That guy that's been in the gym, he's doing his burpees, he's doing his prison workout. I don't know if he had a weight back then or a weight ceiling. But that would show Samson just ripped. I don't believe he was ripped. If every 
everything I see in the Bible, God always uses the underdog. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. He never chooses who the world would choose. And so I believe Samson was probably just a, a wiry, skinny old guy out there, and when the Spirit of God would come on him, he could be supernatural things with the strength of ten men. So much so that they wondered where did Samson get his strength. If he was back, they would know. But they looked at him and said, how is this guy strong? I believe it's because he was just ashes, baby. He was just every day. God is in the business of doing supernatural things. Look at Gideon. We saw Gideon in the Bible, right? The Bible shows that Gideon is hiding. He's a big chicken. Come on, remember, remember, how many of you in here remember Andy Griffith's stuff? They fooled Don Knox. Remember Don Knox? Remember Barney? That's what I always picture Gideon being like. Man, this is chicken. And God moves on to make him a mighty man of valor. Read your Bible. God is in the business taking people, taking ordinary, mundane, weak people like you and I and throwing his super on our natural. It's what he does. None of us are qualified, but he doesn't qualify us. And we can David, it, right? Why did God use a kid to take down a giant with a slingshot, y'all? Because he's trying to tell you he's a supernatural God. Amen? But in our efforts to make God palatable, we take away the supernatural. And we have churches that gather, so nobody's believing for miracles. Nobody's believing for miracles. We, 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 we go through things and we say, pray for me, but we don't really believe the prayers are going to work. That's a problem with that. We've got to get back to understanding that the God you and I serve is a God of the supernatural. Now let's start at 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5, because what I want to talk to you about today is the gateway to the supernatural. Okay? The gateway to the supernatural. That's what we want to talk about in your life today. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5, Paul is writing to Timothy about the times that we're living in. And he says, these are the times. He says, but now, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. How many know we've got some perilous times going on? Amen? Look what it says here. For men will be lovers of themselves. If that doesn't speak about 2021, I don't know what else. What does? Come on, selfie generation. Of all the generations on the planet Earth, we are obsessed with self. So much so that when we get technology as amazing as a phone, what do we do? We pick it up ourselves. Record ourselves. Come on, I don't get convicted on me now. Some of y'all, come on. Just look straight ahead. No, you'll know we're talking to you. You can go through your timeline and you can delete all your selfies if you want to later on. But this is us. This is us. This is the times we live in. This is 2021. We are a generation that we love with ourselves. We love to take pictures of ourselves. We love to hear ourselves. We love to give our opinions. Stop ourselves. Look what else it says. Because men will be lovers of money. Oh, come on, somebody. That is, that is America. We love money. Everything's about money. Come on, everything. We're lovers of money. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Hello, teenagers. Come on. Unfaithful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. You see all that? This is the time 
No, we're living in peace. Okay? Yes, we don't. We're loving unholy slanders without, without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of godliness. I mean, I'm sorry. Despisers of good. Traitors. Headstrong. High. Here's one. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But here's what I want you to talk about. Having a form of godliness that denies its power. From these people, turn away from it. Holy Spirit, I know you're here. And I know you want to deposit things inside of people. You want to give them a gateway to the supernatural in their life. I pray, Lord God, that you would take this word and bring on it. Let it come into this room. Let it manifest today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This last portion right here. Now, the first part, we can we can point fingers at the world. You know, yeah, the world is, they're the sizes of good. Yeah, oh, they're headstrong. Yeah, they love pleasure more than God. Yeah, yeah. But this last part is talking about the world. Talking about us. The Christian. The bride of Christ. Those that claim to know Jesus. He said there will be a people that have a Form of godliness. A form of godliness. A type of godliness, in other words. It's not godliness, it's a type of godliness. Can I tell you, I've seen this type of godliness. It's a type of godliness that is more consumed with looking godly than being godly. We, we want to sound godly, but not be godly. We'd rather impress people with how godly we look, godly we sound. We'll go on Instagram and post pictures. We'll do all this stuff. Look at how godly we are. But then live in a way that denies the power of God. My question to you is, do you live in a way that believes that God is powerful? Or does the way you live deny that there's power? I don't want to have a type of godliness, y'all. I don't want this church to be a church where there's a type of godliness. I want to have godliness. And if we're going to have godliness, we've got to acknowledge, which would be the, the opposite of denial, we must acknowledge the power. Now, here's the thing. Where is the power? The power is in the godliness. When you and I all start living godly, truly, power will come. But as long as you want to have a form of godliness, as long as you're okay with just going to church, you don't got to change nothing, you don't got to stop doing nothing, you don't got to quit hanging out with so-and-so, as long as you're just good being a nice little Christian, you won't have power. Matter of fact, you will find yourself denying the power. And I don't want to do that. Why would you settle for the for less work? Now, let's go all the way. Y'all ready to go all the way? Let's go all the way with God. Let's jump right in. But we've got to move away from this type of person that can put with a form of godliness, but no power. And I said earlier, this, this this gives me peace to pause as a pastor. Because I don't want to have a church that looks 
don't want to have a church that looks good and sounds good, but nobody's getting healed in our services. I don't want to have a church where we, we, we sound good when we're doing praise and worship, but if a devil showed up in somebody, we wouldn't be able to cast it out. I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be a church if your kids got addicted to a substance. You couldn't bring them here, and we couldn't get them free. I don't want that to happen. Amen? And you shouldn't want that either. God doesn't want that for us. Why? Because he's a supernatural God. But we're dealing with a crisis in America today. What do we, we, we say we believe things, but we deliver, we, but we deliver denying the power thereof. And we got to that. So this revelation, this understanding of God being supernatural, like I said, it's not just a series. I believe it's a pivot for us. I believe it's God positioning us to be able to handle the move of God uh, for our city. For our people, for your friends, for your families, but we need to be consistent in that way. Amen. And I believe this month God's going to release supernatural power and provision and strength in our lives. If you're needing a healing, let's believe God to heal your body this month. If you're needing a breakthrough in your job or your finances, let's believe God this month that supernaturally He can do that. The same way He's done it all throughout the Bible. Now let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. We're going to start there as we jump into this today. Jesus is basically his last words to his disciples before he ascends into heaven. He tells them this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, now, what Jesus is telling his followers is this. The Holy Spirit is going to come and give you power to do things you could never do on your own. The disciples did not have it in themselves to take the message of the cross to be witnesses in their own city and in Judea and in Samaria and much less the ends of the earth. Yet, without social media, without the internet, without the jet engine, without cars, they took the message all around the world. How did they do it? The Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and He's going to give you the ability to do things that you can't do without it. Feel this in my spirit by the by the, by the Holy Spirit. I feel this today. That that's a prophetic word for you today. That the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and give you the ability to do things that you cannot do on your own. Who's ready for that? Amen. You ready for that? Okay. So let's let's keep going here. So so the Holy Spirit's role in Christianity. In America, has been so minimized. It makes me sick. It makes me sick. I'm offended for God in that sense. Because I see the plan of Satan at work. The plan of Satan is to steal, steal, and destroy. That's what the Word of God tells us. And He wants to come and steal from you and I the things that are most precious, the 
And one of the things that is most precious in you and I is our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit comes to give us power. Power to be witnesses. Power to connect with God. And here it is. Power to simply live a victorious Christian life. What this thing's about. Stuff in the Bible is impossible for us to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. So understand this thing about, about our God, right? We already established He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And we sing this truth about God, which we do in this church. We always say, He's a good, good God. Amen? How many found God to be a good, good God? Right? He's a good, good father. That's who he is, right? He's a good, good father. And you know something else about God? God is a generous God. How many have found out God could be a generous God? Amen? Well, I don't understand people that can be stingy and call themselves Christians. I don't understand that in 2021, we're at a time where we have the Bible. We still got people that claim to be followers of Jesus that don't have it. I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. That would make it peaceful. You know, God don't stop God. And listen, God is saying yesterday, today, and forever. You heard it in the scriptures. And yet, God's a generous God. And here's the thing you spend time with God, you'll be generous too. God's a giver. He's a giver of gifts. Let me break this down to you as we're talking about the Holy Spirit. You understand that when God the Father, wanted to give something to the world, he gives his greatest gift. He gives his son. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Come on, you know the scripture. John 3, 16. He gave his son. His best gift. And then the son comes, Jesus. And Jesus also loves us. But guess what? He's got a gift too. And Jesus comes. The Son now comes. And because He's connected to God the Father, the three or one, He's also generous. So He's not just a gift. And it's just not something laying around the streets of heaven. It's a best gift. He gets the Holy Spirit. Now, why is the Holy Spirit Jesus' best gift? It's because it was the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that allowed Jesus to do those miracles as he was eating in the earth body. And so when he thought about us, he sent the Holy Spirit as his best gift. Now we're down to the Holy Spirit. God the Father gives his best gift, the Son. The Son comes, gives His best gift, the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit, who is also God, He's also God, the three in one. It's time for Him to give a gift. Listen, He's not going to let the other two give and not Him give as well. It's the nature of God. So when we read the Scriptures, we see the Holy Spirit come to give a gift. And what does the Holy Spirit give to us when He shows up in Chapter 2, he gives us a gateway to the supernatural in the form of a prayer language. He gives that 
out of the same Spirit that God the Father gives the Son, the same Spirit that the Son gives the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that the Holy Spirit will give us for your life. And when we read Acts chapter 2, 120 men are and women were waiting, waiting on God. And like the rest of mighty men, the Holy Spirit comes and pours, it's poured out upon the church. And every person in the building begins to pray for the young man Manifesting the Holy Spirit toward this gift to you. And here we are in 2021. And I have many people that don't want it. Because they don't fully understand it. I have met people that resist it because we don't understand it. I've met some Christians that will argue well, that doesn't work for today. That, that was for the time of the apostles. And, and we've moved so far away, but I gotta show you in the scriptures, we gotta get back to the word of God and we gotta understand that Jesus so valued the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he forewarned us it was coming. Not only did Jesus do it, but let's look in the scriptures. God has been in the plan of God to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit since the dawn of time. It's always been in the plan. Look at this. God so loved the world. Again, I'm going to say it again. I want you to say it. He so loved the world, he gave his son. Jesus was a gift. To the world, y'all, so that the world can be redeemed. And then the sun comes, right? But here's the thing you're not going to find scriptures that talk about Jesus loving the world. And guess who Jesus loves? It's God. Jesus' love is for the church. Well, that's where he said Jesus don't love the world. Now, see, don't, don't, don't let out of here saying somebody will say it. Jesus is interested in his love for the body of Christ. God the Father's love was shown to the world. Come in, receive the Son. The Son comes to earth, and he sent his blood, right, for a dowry to perfect the bride of Christ. So we don't know nothing about dowries in, in America, right? So if you live in another country, you need to get to fall in love with a girl. You better have a job. In another country, right? Mom culture is one of them. Moms do this even today, right? And what they do is this. If you fall in love with somebody, you fall in love with a nice, pretty young person, come on, somebody. You fall in love, you gotta go talk to the dad. And the dad will lift you in his house, and you don't just get to say, Sir, I fell in love with your wife. He'll say, Yeah, that's great, but what you got? And in ancient times, they had to roll in, and they didn't just get to come and marry your daughter based on love. They had to present a dowry. They might bring a couple of goats in, you see, and the father would say, Oh, come on, she's finer than that. Come on, you got to do better than that. You go, okay, we got lessons. You can have our family lessons. Okay, now we're talking. 
And if the dowry was proper, you got to marry the dowry. I'm not for or against, I'm just telling you that's how it was back then. So when Jesus came, guess what? His love was for the church. So quit criticizing Quit talking about his bride. He ain't perfect, but neither are you. Your husband is perfect, right, ladies? But he oh, got good strong in his But he's your man. So, they not talk about him in front of you, right? Same thing, fellas, right? Your wife is perfect. Nobody was bold enough to give me an amen. Maybe the men were just too smart. I think they're okay. She ain't perfect, but she's yours. I wish some Christians would get that revelation. We, we'll go to a church and we'll talk it up. We'll talk all of the stuff. You know, I like that church. I don't believe it. But you, you got to be careful. You got to be careful about touching these people. Because as I was saying, Scripture doesn't say that Jesus so loved the world. Jesus so loved the world. You know, he goes to give a gift. He doesn't give this gift to the world. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not poured out for the world. It's poured out for us. And he presents it to us. And the Holy Spirit comes to us. And he presents us with something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this the baptism of the Holy Spirit when it's released to us. It's the Holy Spirit's most precious gift. It is the ability to pray in heaven's language. Of all the things the Holy Spirit could have given us, I could think of some pretty cool gifts I would like to have. Amen? Holy Spirit, why don't you make us glow in the dark? Then if I'm about to get in the fight, I get a book. I know, I've read too many comic books with the kid, I get it. But you know, why don't you give us lasers, Lord God, or something? You know, you didn't hear it. Because the thing that will benefit you the most, you need to touch this, is this prayer of now, Satan knows how valuable this is. So he works overtime to get Christians to resist it. And he gets fear. And he's all this stuff. But it just blows my mind how careful we get when we get saved. Right? Because you know when you wasn't serving God, you wasn't very careful. Oh, come on. How many know what I'm talking about? My wife and I were just at dinner uh, this past week with a couple, and we walked into this place, and they were serving drinks. And I saw on the drink menu there was this drink called Adios Senor. That means when you drink this drink, you're out. 
And I know some of you, some of you know them drinks, right? You didn't even care what was in it. You see it on the menu, ooh, I will see you. Oh, give me that. How many know what I'm talking about? Ah, look at that. I'm playing church with me today. I have no idea, Pastor. No idea. It's a slur of him himself. My point is this. If you went to a bar, the drink that was the craziest, the most potent, was the thing some of y'all went right to. So when you was at the dispensary, I'm getting too real for y'all. I can't wait to in here. And you're going right in there for your purple kiss. That was just from the Holy Ghost. Somebody, I don't know, I'm going to it. And you go in to get your purple kiss, and the dispenser is going, hey, 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 you got to try this over here. And you go, what? Oh, it'll knock you on your head. You don't even know what it is. Okay, give me two of those. And now you're a Christian. Now you are afraid. Oh, I don't want that tongue. I don't want. I don't want that whole ghost thing. No, 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 no. I don't want that. What happened to you? You were so quick to try stuff. Now you get saved, and you're like, oh, I don't want that. You look weird. Tell your neighbor, don't be stupid. You know what that is? That's the only. That's Satan, right? Putting these images in our minds that we can't trust God. That we can't trust God. So he makes things appear weird. So remember, what is weird? We've been talking about this. Weird is just what's not what you're not used to, right? Like for a lot of us, maneuver is not weird, right? So if you remember there was a time, it was a bad so weird. You remember the first time you saw Menudo? You saw the little fish. He's the fat, smoking around with red bulls. Oh, Chewy, what is it? And then it made it even weirder when they fell that strike. What strike? The lining of a cow's stomach. That doesn't even sound right. That's not even appetizing. But we need it. Now, at first we're like, oh, that's, that's weird, that's weird. But now, hey, okay, that's Sunday morning for a lot of us in here, right? So some lemon on that, some, some onion in there, you're good. Some cilantro, that's a good day. But there was a time that was weird. That's how praying in the Holy Spirit is in those times. It might be weird at first, but you keep coming around. You keep getting around the river a little bit. And it won't be weird anymore. But Satan wants us to create this resistance, this thing, when I believe it breaks the heart of God because Jesus left the earth specifically so we can send this gift to you. But we don't want it. He says, he's like the children of Israel in Exodus 32. We don't understand it. We don't fully grasp it, so we push it away. And this is what we've done in America. 
restricted over 40 different nations. Any kitchen in the way in those countries. Check it out. You go to Dr. Phillips Church, who had the largest church in, in the world, almost a million people, right? And they have their prayer meetings. They pray in tongues so loud they can't get them to stop. You know what they do? They literally have a little liberty bell thing. Like we got in Philadelphia, and they ring this bell. Ding. It goes all throughout so people know to stop praying. That's what must the nation to pray in other countries. But in America, oh, we, 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 we got to be careful. You know, that, 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 no, you know what? This is a gift from him. That's Jesus. Yeah, but after school, to scare people, don't be God has been telling us it's coming. For years, for years. This is the prophet Joel, chapter 2, 28, 30. This is something that happened on the, on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. God's been telling us it's coming. Joel, chapter 2, 28, says this. It shall come about after this that I will pour my spirit out on mankind. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Amen? You know what that means? That means everybody. Because you're either a son or a daughter. Amen? I don't know what else there is. Don't get me political in here. We're all either sons or daughters. You know what that's just saying? When I pour my spirit on everybody, everybody will prophesy. Your old man will dream dreams, your young man will see visions. Even on men and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show signs and wonders, displaying my power in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire and columns of fire. The prophet gold, well before Jesus was even coming, well before they even knew about salvation, really, was prophesying about a day when the Holy Spirit will fill us all. Isaiah chapter 28, 9 through 12. He's prophesying, he says this, Whom will he teach knowledge? And who will he make you understand the message? Those that weaned from milk? Those that drawn from the breast? For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, everywhere a little, little. No, that's over there. For with stammering lips, here it is, and with another tongue, he's going to speak to his people. To whom he says, This is the rest which you will cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yes, but he would not do it. And I believe we're in a time where people can find this fear about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's their loss. Now, I want to address something else in the room because there's a lot of us that go, Amen, and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit before. You haven't. But I feel like sometimes we are like a 16-year-old man with an iPhone. If you're in your 60s, bear with me, but you'll probably agree with me. You ever seen somebody up in age with an iPhone? You know that iPhone can do everything, right? Everything. It has to connect to a satellite. It can take you from point A to point B. You can order food, groceries. You can shop. Come on, you can get yourself a date. Oh, come on. You can do all kinds of things with that iPhone. But 
somebody in their 60s or 70s, they only use it to make phone calls. Some of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and it can be so much, and you're only using about 5% of what you do. I want this to convict you today. I want this to touch you today a little bit. Come on, I got to hurt you to help you today. Before you just sit back and go, oh, this is good. People need to hear this message. How much have you been utilizing this gift from the Holy Spirit? Because Isaiah says something about praying in other tongues is refreshment. It's strengthened you. See, you just want to take a nap. But maybe what you need to do is a little shondo. Because the Bible says it refreshes you. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Isaiah, let's go into Ezekiel now. Ezekiel chapter 36, 26 through 27. He says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh, give you a heart of flesh. Here it is. And I will put my spirit within you to cause you to walk in my statue. You will keep my judgment and do that. So here's what the scripture is saying. This is in a day when I'll put my spirit in you to help you do what you can't do. I'll put my spirit in you because you've been struggling as a Christian. Ooh, we got something here. You, you're trying, you're trying. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You love God. You love God and you're trying to do right and you're hard. You know, Pastor, every week I just get tested. You know, they're testing me at work, you know. The neighbor's testing me, man, and I'm trying to live for God and I'm trying to go check him out. I'm trying to live for God and these fools up at Walmart checking him out and, you know, I had to, I had to show him a little something. You laugh, but I've had those conversations. I'm trying, I'm trying, but Friday night, my phone be blowing up. He's calling me, Pastor. I don't want to go, but I can't resist. And I said, I got something for you. It's called my spirit. That's what he gives you a thing. I'm going to put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my steps. See, before I got saved, I mean, before I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I had a little nose. How many of those little nose? That's when someone invites you to the club and you're like, nah, I'm not going to go. Some of y'all got a little bit, right? Come over. No, I can't. You need a big note. I got through with the Holy Spirit, I got that big note. Hey, come over, man. We're going to get high a little bit, watch a movie. No, I can't do it. You need some of that. Where does that come from? The Holy Spirit. You see, feel 36. We've got to utilize this. But my point is this, guys. God's been telling me this truth. All the way up to John the Baptist. John the Baptist is on mission, right? His mission is to prepare the way for Jesus. But he skips ahead a little bit. And he tells us this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He says, I indeed am going to baptize you with water and the repentance. But he who is still watching, mightier than I can't even carry his standards. And he says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit 
Because they heard him praying and worshiping, and sometimes that gift and that prayer language would go into a, a language, an earthly language, and they would hear the Bible says they would hear them worshiping God in their own language. But in many cases, what they would hear was gibberish. And they said, Oh, these guys are drunk, and Peter stood up and preached and lost the first sermon in the church. And he said, Repent and receive Jesus Christ. But he didn't he preached, repent, receive Jesus Christ, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, we've done in America, and I don't know why. We say repent and receive Jesus. And we stop right there. And we say, come to church for a little while. And maybe when you get to a certain level, We'll pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But you know, for a lot of Christians, that time never comes. If I was preparing this and studying it, I came under conviction myself. And I thought to myself, wow, there's so many things that I've resigned to in Western Christianity. That's not how you get it in the book of Acts. It wasn't Jesus and then the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We have altar calls in America. Come receive Jesus and we pray for people. They get saved and we send them on their way unharmed. Unequipped. And we say, keep coming back, keep coming back, and we got it here. Let me read the inscription. John chapter 14 again, verse 25 and 26. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I've said to you. And then we see Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter goes out into the street. He says, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Chapter 9, verse 17 tells the story of Paul at the time with Paul. You need to catch this today. I mentioned this earlier, but somebody in the house needs to hear this. Because Paul was doing damage to the bride of Christ. Now, what he was doing is he was killing Christians. And so, what did Jesus do? Jesus shows up in the earth realm and knocks him off the course. Come on, that's the kind of Jesus we serve. Because Jesus is going to stand up for his lady. Amen. He must stand up for his lady just like us men would do. Amen, men? I hope I got the command from the kingsmen right there. You don't let nobody touch their lady, amen? Or they don't get some hands laid on them. Amen. So Saul is persecuting the church. Jesus shows up and knocks him off the horse. He loses his sight. He meets Jesus. And then look what happens in Acts chapter 9. In chapter 9, 
on the road of Jesus has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I met Jesus, but it wasn't enough to get him to become a part of all. He had to have an experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So much so that Jesus spoke to a man and a man to go and to go back. And to do it. Look at Acts chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word, and those in the circumcision who believed were astounded. And as many as came with Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. You read the rest of the book of Acts, you see everywhere they won souls, people got filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what we've done with our religion? Oh, we'll preach Jesus all day. But we will not talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the crime. We can't do like this anymore, folks. I don't care what the culture says. I don't care how unpopular it is. The Holy Spirit came to give you a gift. And listen, I've been in ministry now 30 years, and I'm tired of seeing Christians that really are Christians. I'm tired of seeing churches full of folk that are only Christians on Sunday. It can't be that they want to be Christians full time, but we haven't given them the Holy Spirit. We've only given them over to Jesus. And you say, oh, Pastor, isn't Jesus enough? Well, let's look at the scriptures. Jesus himself said, I'm not enough. Jesus. But we said, oh, I'm straight. I got Jesus. I'm going to heaven. I don't need all that. But you need to get back in your word. Because you don't trust Jesus. It's been a little weird. At the beginning, it's foreign. It's weird. Just like it was when you ate your manila. Come on. Just like it was the first time you ordered specials at the, at the taco truck. You know, specials, specials are brand When you go to a taco truck and it says specials, that's not just another kind of meat, people. With their brains. And people like to eat them in their tacos. That's the love that. That's the love that. That's the love that. He claims that's how he got so smart. I don't know. Superstitious, if you ask me. But here's my point. Everywhere you look in the book of God, guys, it's there. Jesus, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Western Christianity is Jesus. And if you get to a certain level, we'll pray for you to get the Holy Spirit. But here's the problem. Sometimes you never get to that level. Because the addiction keeps on. Because the pull of your friends is too strong. It's like giving you a gun with no bullets. We get to save, we get to spirit. Yes, you get the Holy Spirit coming in you, but the baptism of fire is where the power resides. Why would you not want that? Why do we, why do we stop short? Why have we become scared? Why have we allowed these concepts and, and things to come over us? Because then you've got people that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're ashamed of it. Amazing things. 
people, the loudest people, the Bold to be yourself, but when it comes to prayer, you come and become this small. So the devil's made you a friend, and you can try to help you. It becomes strange. And why are you strange when the Holy Spirit has deemed this the most important? Like I said, I believe tongues is the gateway to the supernatural in your life. It's the place where I give God over and I receive the prayer language of heaven. Paul said, I pray in the, in the language of men and in the language of the angels. It's the prayer that when I pray, it moves beyond my understanding. Sometimes I pray for my kids, but I don't really know what's going on with my kids, right? You don't either. Right? They won't tell us we're parents, amen. So I pray to my understanding, Lord, help my kids, you know, uh, keep them healthy, uh, protect them, uh, you know, this and that. Next day, I'm done. I think a lot of Lord's prayer. But then sometimes I'll just say, Lord, bless my kids. And the God that knows everything prays through me. And my kids better be careful because I'm praying for stuff they don't want me to know. I'm praying for things they don't know I know. God, get rid of that situation. And get rid of that guy that's offering him drugs. And Lord, ruin it. I just got to talk I can just open up and do a whole round. That's how we pray for you guys. I don't know what every single one of you are going through. I know we have a prayer thing on our Facebook. And you post things and help us know. But man, I can pray for all of you just by saying, God, I lift up Elevate Life Church with every single one of their members. And I can speak up and I'm And the Holy Spirit is calling y'all by name. Calling you by name. Say, Lord, give word of life. I don't even know who's looking for one. I don't even know who wants one. But I'm just praying. I don't even know that. I don't even know you're praying, you know. We'll talk later. But how this thing works, you see. And that's why when the Holy Spirit was like, I gotta give the greatest gift. He gives us a supernatural prayer. And when you let God pray through everything for you. How many believe that today? Yeah, give God a good praise time. Hey everybody, Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.